to the broadcast of True Bible Mission for Jesus Church, located at 6010 West Mill Road, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, where the pastor is yours truly, Elaine Allen. Time. Praise, Praise the, the Lord. Lord. Time. Yes, this week we will continue our discussion of current events and scripture. Praise the Lord. So we're continuing our discussion of a scripture found in Luke chapter 13, verses 31 to 33. Right. So I think this week we're going to read those uh, scriptures so that you, I mean, we've been, last week we explained how many Herods were rulers, and then we got in, we left, we were talking about the woman who was bowed. Together and bound for 18 years. 
by, by Satan. Satan. By Satan. And the Lord, on the Sabbath day, set her free. And so, you know, that ruffled the feathers of um, the hypocrites. The, <laughs> the rulers, uh, the ruler of the synagogue. Yes. It reads, the same day there came certain of the Pharisees, saying unto him, Get thee out, and depart hence, for Herod will kill thee. And he said unto them, Go ye and tell that fox, Behold, I cast out devils, and I do cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I shall be perfected. Nevertheless, I must walk today and tomorrow and the day following for it cannot be that a prophet perish out of Jerusalem praise God so we left off around verse 17 and I think it was verse 17 when after the Lord called the ruler of the synagogue a hypocrite um right Verse 17 said that all of his, all, not one, but all of them, all the adversaries were ashamed. And all the people rejoiced for the glorious things that were done by him. Because they recognized the truth when Jesus spoke it, and they lost their moment. In their hatred, they were so quick to condemn the Lord. They could have used that time more wisely, that incident. They could have used it to their advantage, but the hatred wouldn't let them. But by the time they realized their mistake, it was too late. They couldn't take it back, you know. They had said it, and the people were saying, uh-huh, got put in your place, and they began to rejoice. There was no reason for them not to rejoice. It was almost like saying, don't rejoice. I, I believe they were torn when they, when they were told there are six days in which a person can work, you know, heal on within those six days, and, 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 and not on the it. Sabbath, right? But because the rulers did that, they probably were hesitant about expressing their joy. But when Jesus put them in their place, and they were ashamed, then the people rejoiced. Yeah, <laughs> you know, you know how does that work when you're under mm -hmm. a, the thumb of a supervisor that in in, in a meeting or something right. you gotta just. You just gotta be quiet, and then, and then when somebody comes and puts them in their place, it's like, right. oh man, yeah. I'm so happy. <laughs> right, know? when somebody speaks up. Well, then I think at this point, then Jesus took this opportunity to to tell them a parable. Right, and this is what he was doing all this time. Now, even though they tried to scare him with Pilate, you know, and he would not be scared, he would teach about faith, about repentance. And now he took out the time to let them know about the family of God. What is the kingdom of God like? And how how does how does it get how does a person resemble it? How does whereunto shall I resemble it? What is it like? What is the kingdom of God like? You know, and and they're at least he has their attention and their thinking. I don't know. What is a what is yeah. the kingdom of God like? You know? Right. So so he says it's like a grain of mustard seed which a man took and cast into his garden. And it grew. And they can identify with that because, you know, a lot of them probably planted, you know, things. Right. And it grew. 
and waxed a great tree, and the fowls of the air lodged in the branches of it. Right. So, so with with the family of God, with people who are bound together, uh, bound together by one accord, people who stand upon God's word and stand on faith, it it, it catches. It's like one person believes and sees God's goodness, and another person believes and sees God's goodness, and that person believes, and that person tells about God's goodness, and that person believes. So he's saying that's what the kingdom of God is like. He's, he's actually telling them in prophecy there's going to come a time. Somebody's going to go out there and talk about the gospel. They're going to talk about the word of God, and people are going to believe, and they're going to be converted, and they're going to get saved, and then they're going to tell other people their family is going to get saved. Husband is going to draw the wife. You know, wives are going to draw their husbands. Okay, so the key word in in that verse is in his garden, and it grew. Right. So then he's saying, um, this is another parable, and he says, okay, all right. So how can I tell you what the kingdom of God is like? How can I tell you? Let me tell you. It's like leaven. Now, I think right. women can identify with that because they were baking bread all the time. Right. They were bakers. It is like leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. Right. Here now, goes, there goes that three again. So, so um, that's right. So, hid in three measures of meal. So, when they're baking bread, you take a little bit of leaven and you put it in, in the meal and, and other stuff that, you, that they were using, and they had to... They had to mix it, knead it, and mix it so it spreads throughout the whole right. dough. Right. So it says till the whole was leavened. Right. So you had to, you had to spread it around. Right. Spread it around. And, and that's, that's what the gospel, what the kingdom of God, God is, is like. like. You spread it around. You spread the word, and and, and the, the souls the become truth. added. Yes. You spread the truth about health, about healing, about deliverance, about, about salvation. salvation, about, you know, and that's what we're doing in the church. Right. We tell people about God. And then the kingdom of God begins to grow. People begin to get saved. People begin to, uh, you become a, a, a family, a spiritual family. You begin, you, you're grafted in if you're Gentiles. If, if you're Jews, then your eyes become open and you become established. And people receive the mystery of God, which is the Holy Spirit. And then, and then, so it, it says, till the whole was leavened. And right. so the church is supposed to do that until, until the whole earth, right. the whole world. It has heard and leavened those who will come until those who will receive the Lord, those who will answer, and those who will accept the Lord. And when that happens, when it has gone forth and people, and it has been completed, then you know that's when the Lord is going to come back for his own. Because once everything is leavened, once those who are supposed to receive salvation, when the last soul receives salvation and there is no other, then the Lord is going to come back and gather his own. Okay, so then he left the synagogue and he was... I think pretty much satisfied that they understood what he was saying. At least the people. Now the the ruler of the synagogue probably was irritated, probably because he was ashamed to begin with, embarrassed in front of the people, you know. But right. so after he was finished, then he went through. He continued on his journey. He went through cities. Right. He went through villages. 
He was teaching. And a person and, asked him, is there going to be a few that are going to be saved? <laughs> and he's going to Jerusalem now. Right. And, um, and they people can, are curious now. Right. Now they know, are. Is there only just a few? Only a few? Are there going to be only a few of us? Uh, people that are going to... And he, he stopped. And he so he talked to them. And he said, Strive to enter in at the straight gate for many... I say unto you, will seek to enter in and shall not, not be, be able. able so you know the Pharisees are probably steaming right about now. Because when the word of God finds you, now he meant this for anybody who tries to get in without the benefit of trusting in the Lord. He meant that for anybody. But if the shoe fits, you're going to wear it. So you can just imagine they took it to heart because they were saying, he's talking about me. <laughs> he's, he's talking about us. He's talking about the Pharisees. He's saying we're going to strive to get in, and we're not going to be able to get in. Okay, so now he looked at the people, and he probably said, well, they probably don't really get what I'm trying to say here. You know, um, he probably says they just don't understand what I mean by entering at the straight, straight gate. So then he elaborated on it and then he said all right it's like this once the master of the house gets up and shut the door and you begin to stand without and you go to the door and you're knocking saying lord lord open up unto us and he shall answer and say unto you i don't know where you came from i don't know you then you will begin to say, We have eaten and drunk in thy presence and, and taught in, and thou hast taught in our streets, but he shall say, I tell you, I know not, I know you not whence you are. Depart. Go, get away from me, you workers of iniquity. And then all the people are gonna start crying and and, and they're gonna be so upset. Right. And, and the fact is, they feel like, and this is what's uh, very, I guess, disheartening, and a lot of people feel this way, they try to substitute work for repentance. Now, works, are, work, it goes like this, salvation is free. You can't work to receive salvation, but you know your faith by your works. How do you know you have faith by your works? But salvation is free and what people do they substitute works for receiving of salvation because they said to the Lord they couldn't understand it and so when you think you're right then you actually believe you're right because even here they say to the Lord open unto us see because they felt like they were right and then they said we have eaten and we have drunk in your presence and you has taught in our streets. We let you basically teach in our streets. And he said, but we received you. And he said, I, I don't know you because even though you put forth that particular effort, you haven't repented. You haven't acknowledged your sins. You haven't humbled yourself. He said, how do I know? He said, because they're going to be people from the east, the west, the north, the south, and they're going to sit down in the kingdom of God, they're going to sit down in holiness. They're going to join into the into the uh, royal family. And they're going to become a bride of, of the Lord. They're going to join in. He said, what did they do? They came and they, they prepared themselves. They came for the feast and they came prepared. And they sat down, which to me, sitting is a form of being humble. And they 
accepted the Lord. He said, but but you haven't. You stood outside and waited to the last minute, and then when the door well, got they're closed. they're saying that we hung out with you. We heard you. Right. We, we, that's just like now. You tell somebody to come to church, and, oh, I will, I will. Or or you run into somebody, and they say, oh, I know about the gospel. I can tell you that I know Jesus. I'm right. saved, you know. But they, but they're, the fruits right. that they bear. Right. The, of their life don't coincide with God's word. The the living that we're supposed to be doing how the Lord said. Because they're trying to do it outside of the word of God. And when you're telling them what you have to do is you have to humble yourself before the Lord and receive him. Let him convert you. That's what the scripture says. He will actually convert you. He will actually change you into something other than what you are. He will make you a brand new creature. And see, these people who were standing outside, you know, they were the same. They, nothing had changed about them except for that they were late. And now they felt like they were important enough that the door should be open to them. You know me. You right. know me. You've seen me. I stood out there. Right. Not you. I, you can't tell me you don't know me. <laughs> right. And you the know. Lord said it first. Now, this is the, this is the part that's really going to irritate people. Mm-hmm. Because it says, and behold, there there are last, which shall be first. Mm-hmm. And there are first, which shall be last. And you could just and about see I was it. here. Right. I was here. First. You're telling me I can't get in? I've right. been with you all this time. You right. tell, you're telling me I can't get in? Right. We were here first. What about, where, where were they? Where were they when you were preaching in this right. city? Where were you? Where were they when we, we sat were, down to eat? Yeah, right. Where but were you? but they were given first choice, and so they they can't see it. So you can see where the Pharisees right away. He's talking about us again. You know, he's saying that we're going to be last, and and that the people How who are last he? are going to be first. How dare he make someone who wasn't even here watching him, uh, listening to him? Obeying him, right? You know, how dare he say that I'm not going to make it in? Right, you know, because they were so pious, and this is what the Lord said. So, within the same day, and when she was telling all of this, he knew what was in their heart. He's going through all these different stages. All he's telling the people, he's doing it to build their faith, to build their hopes. And then they said, you know what? The same day, right? See, so, so threatening him with Pilate. Mixing the blood of the of Galileans with the sacrifices didn't faze him. So they said, we're going to tell him Herod. And I said, that's the king. He said, we're not going to hit okay. We're not going right. to give him a hint. We're, we're going to come. Right. Who wants to go tell Jesus? Right. Who wants to go Pharisees said, we'll tell him. We're not, going to, we're not going to just hint at it. We're going to come right out and tell him. Now, we're at verse 31. Right. Herod's going to kill you. <laughs> you better get out of here. You better just get out. Right. Because... Because you know it's going to happen. Herod's going to kill you. Right. You know what kind of reputation right. the did. Herod family had. Right. He just came right out and said it. The, the Pharisees said the same day there came certain of the Pharisees saying to, unto him, "Get thee out and I depart." Can, I can just Hence, picture this. Yeah, for Herod will kill you. And they was just, just. I can just picture him. Yeah. Think of all the people up, that Herod killed. Lifting up his head. Right. And he's probably so. Jesus is probably so irritated. <laughs> Right. You go tell that fox. (laughs) What do we know about uh, foxes? Anywhere in the scriptures where the Lord just about mentions foxes, there's not one time that it doesn't deal with uh, destruction. That in some way, shape, fashion, or form, they're used for destructive purposes, and they're used in a sense uh, of it's like a a, a depiction of hypocrisy. They're, They're used 
with the with the same type of uh, inference for something that's going to undermine you. And that's how Herod was, because he was a hypocrite. And this is Herod Antipas right. that we're talking about. Right. This is the one that gave the speech, and the people said he was clothed in all his kingly garments, and the people said, after he got through his oration, that this isn't a man that's speaking, this is God. And instead he was saying, no, you can't give me that credit. He took that praise, and the Lord smote him with words. And and this is the one that died such a horrible death well, because he did not give God the glory. Yeah, but he his death was like, it was something else because he took the glory from the Lord. He did not give God credit. I think they all, I mean, they all died horrible <laughs> Yeah, deaths. but this one was noted by the Lord. This one the Lord said, and the Lord sent an angel, and the angel smote him. So this this person, it's something like. Something you don't want to Right. To this you. person is like, he, he did that, and that's what he gave in exchange for receiving of the praise that should have gone to God. Mm-hmm. This so is that one. You get, you go tell that fox. Right. Now, so he's letting you know people, uh, when they look at that, when he says, uh, for today, he said, behold, he said, I'm going to cast out devils and I do cure today and tomorrow and the third day I shall be perfected. The Lord's talking about the stages of his ministry. So he's letting the person know, just like he told them in, in Mark, I believe, he told them that uh, there were two days before, I think it was Matthew 26 and 2. He told them there were two days before the Passover, and then the third day would be the Passover. And Jesus is the Passover. So he's letting them know the stages. He knew when his time was, and he was letting them know Herod did not have the authority to do anything. Less known, take his life. And he says, so I'm telling you now, I'm going to cure it today cast out devils. I'm going to do it the next day. Third day, I'm going to be offered up. I'm going to be perfected. Then he said, I'll let you know. Then he told him in a, in a different way. He said, I'm going to do it the first day. I'm going to do it the second day. I'm going to do this the third day because there would not be a prophet. He said, it's not going to, we're not going to leave the, the children without a prophet. He said, it's not going to happen. He said, the following day is because it cannot be that a prophet perishes out of Jerusalem. He put it a different way so that they can understand, I know what my time is. And when I'm through, when I'm through uh, ministering to the people, when I'm through delivering those who need to be delivered, when I am through setting up the foundation for the kingdom of God, for the kingdom of heaven is coming to you, when I'm through for setting up the way so that people can receive salvation, receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. He said, then I'll leave. He said, because Herod just have, has no control over what I do, where I go, or what I say. So it backfired. They thought he was going to be afraid. And all he did was give them another lesson in faith and give them another opportunity to repent if they would have just received the message that he was telling them. Well, they didn't care. So when they when Jesus was brought before Herod, when he was tried before he was, this is like before he was, you know, uh, Pilate asked, I think you can find this in Luke chapter 23, starting at verse 6 to 12. You know, he was, um, Pilate was asking, is this man a Galilean? Mm-hmm. Why don't we just read it? Luke chapter 23, verses 6 through 12 reads, When Pilate heard of Galilee, he asked whether the man 
or a Galilean. And as soon as he knew that he belonged unto Herod's jurisdiction, he sent him to Herod, who himself also was at Jerusalem at that time. And when Herod saw Jesus, he was exceedingly glad, for he was desirous to see him of a long season, because he had heard many things of him, and he hoped to have seen some miracle done by him. Wanted to be entertained. <laughs> then, then he questioned with him in many words, but he answered him nothing. And the chief priests and scribes stood and vehemently accused him. And Herod, with his men of war, set him at naught and mocked him, and arrayed him in a gorgeous robe, and sent him again to Pilate. Now, at, now and the same day, Pilate and Herod were made friends together. For before they were at enemy between themselves. Yeah, so I think Herod Antipas was very, very disappointed that Jesus didn't perform any miracle and that Jesus didn't answer any of his questions. And did not entertain him so that he mocked him as well, see, along with everyone else. And see, in the attributes of the fox, you know, if you go to Ezekiel in, in the 13th chapter, it has to do with a person being destructive and being... Uh, hypocrites and so and the Lord said he said that they were like the false prophets were like the prophets were like the foxes in the deserts you know and they preached lies and Herod had to be a liar and they and uh, they they dwell in falsehood the Lord saying saying they, that I sent them and I didn't send them so Herod had that characteristic about him he and the Pharisees had mm -hmm. the same quality our foxes also cunning, sly, and they, slick. They're destructive. Mm -hmm. Very destructive. Well, I hope this answers the question for that um, listener who emailed us. And um, this pretty much concludes our program for this week. Yes, praise the Lord and let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. This week's verses of the day come from Proverbs Chapter 3, verses 11 and 12. My son, despise not the chastening of the Lord, neither be weary of his correction. For whom the Lord loveth, he correcteth, even as a father the son in whom he delighteth. Now, ain't God all right? God is all right. Praise the Lord, and let everything that hath breath praise the Lord. Last week's Food for Thought was, how many times is Easter mentioned in the Bible? And the answer is, only once, when Peter was put in prison. That answer can be found in Acts chapter 12, verse 4, which reads, And when he apprehended him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four quaterians of soldiers to keep him, intending after Easter to bring him forth to the people. Which, by the way, is a heathen and a pagan holiday. <laughs> this week's food for thought is, after Jesus rose from the dead and appeared to Mary Magdalene and then to the disciples and showed them his hands and side and said, Peace be unto you, what did he do? Hint, the Bible and that's food for thought.